0: What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls? It is Friday, March 1st, 2023. And I'm your host, as always, The Pody. It is episode one, uh, excuse me, 201 of this week in sports. Happy to be back could not get an episode in last, excuse me, last week. So little disclaimer, I'm working um on an audio book. So that's been consuming a lot of my time. I'm hopefully going to have it done by the end of this week or so, maybe next weekend or, or by the weekend. And then hopefully have that'll get published and out there for the masses. And then I'll give you all the information on that. And then last week, I sort of had some time on Friday to do an episode. I was ready to go, but I was just really tired. So I was like, all right, I'll do it on Saturday. Well, Saturday was an all-day affair at my grandma's. Had softball practice in the morning, then went to my grandma's. We got home really late. I probably would have done it then, except we had an uh, an actual emergency. Uh, my mom got really sick, and basically, in a nutshell, she had a hernia that burst Um, and we had to call an ambulance to the house. She had to get rushed to the hospital. Um, she's totally, you know, not, well, not totally fine, but she's back home now resting. She was in the hospital for a few days. They had to do, uh, some surgery and there's been, you know, there was some question about her bowels and intestines, but that was, you know, all intact and everything. She's not out of the woods yet, but she's up, she's moving around. She's recovering at home, uh, so far, so good. So, yeah, that was a bit of a scare that I was going through um, on Saturday night into Sunday morning and the early part of this week. So, yeah, that's why I really couldn't have an episode last week. So, we're back. Episode 201. I'm tired a little bit. It's 9 o'clock on Friday night. This is going to be a short Show for the most part, not too much going on. NFL Combine has started. Um, I'm over to college basketball season. I'm ready for March already. Rutgers with possibly the most disgusting loss I've ever witnessed in my life uh, yesterday, and that's not counting the crazy Iowa comeback over Michigan, Michigan State down 11 with a minute, one seconds left. Uh, Rutgers blew a 10 point lead with a minute, 15 left. They continue to miss free throws. Uh, Just absolutely disgusting. They lost on a buzzer beater for now the second time, because they lost to Ohio state on a similar uh, situation, even though they stepped out of bounds, big 10 acknowledged that loss, but they lost to a Minnesota team that had lost what seven or, or more. It might've been double digit games in a row. Um, They just can't pull away from anybody. I'm sick and tired of hearing about this Mawat Mag injury. They're like 2-5 and since he went down. I'm just over it. They have no pure shooters. Nobody that wants the ball in the final seconds. Cam Spencer is a 93% free throw shooter. He missed one down the line. And then, shocker, Caleb McConnell missed another free throw. And Rutgers gives up a wide open three. First of all, the guy's driving the lane. And... You have, like, all your players converge on him way too deep in the lane. And what does he do? Kicks it out for a wide-open three. Uh, I believe it was Cam Spencer kicks back out to defend it. He has to jump, easy, fake, and guess what? The best player on the court for Minnesota who had made, what, five or six threes leading up to that point drains the uh the buzzer beater and Rutgers loses by one. So I'm done with the team. Whether they make the tournament or not, I'm done. This year is over move on to next year they're supposed to have this great incoming uh recruiting class the next couple of years so we're still waiting to see where Ron Harper Jr.'s brother ends up um but I'm just over it so that's my Rutgers rant for now I'll get to my Nets in. oh Nets actually cut it to a five-point game they were getting smoked earlier by like 20 uh they're playing the Celtics right now Uh, that was a little premature, but, uh, yeah, let's jump into this episode. Uh, man, do any of my teams know how to win? The Nets looked okay after they made the Durant trade and basically blew everything up. Um, but they've been getting blown out. They got smoked by the Knicks. There was a game, uh, was it over the weekend... I don't know when it was but they lost to somebody by like 40 points. It was the most disturbing um score I've ever seen. They had like 30 something points at halftime. It's just absolutely awful. Uh, so they're hanging there with the Celtics. This would be some win if they could pull it out. I don't think they will. But uh, Jalen Brown has 23, Tatum with 16, Mikhail Bridges with 24, and uh, Finney Smith finally doing something for the Nets with 11. All right, so let's jump in. The NBA has been um, it has a it has a defense problem. Let's just let's just put it at that. There's no defense being played this year. Guys are scoring at an all-time high. Case in point. Um, Damian Lillard on either Friday, Saturday, whatever it was, he went off for 71 points. He was an astounding, ready for this, 13, 13 of 22 from three. That's just from three. Uh, just absolutely ridiculous what he was able to do. Um, And then, let's see, he, yeah, his 13 three-pointers is second all-time behind Klay Thompson's 14 three-pointers, which was done in a uh, 2018 game. Dame is the eighth player in NBA history to score 70-plus, and the second one this year, if you remember back, Donovan Mitchell also scored 71 earlier this year. The first time the NBA has seen multiple 70-pointers in a season since, guess what? Wilt Chamberlain did it three times himself in the 1962-63 season. Then on Friday night, the Dame thing might have been on Saturday, I don't know, but Friday night, it just I didn't watch this game, but the score was ridiculous. The Clippers were up 145 to 131 on the Kings with about four minutes left. The Kings' were able to force four straight turnovers, came all the way back, sent this game to OT, tied at 153. By the time this one was over, De'Aaron Fox had 42, and Malik Monk came off the bench to explode for 45 points, and the Kings won 176-175 to in double OT. This was the second highest scoring game or the second highest score in NBA history. Fox and Monk became the seventh pair of teammates to each have 40 plus and five assists apiece in the same game. Kings are on pace, ladies and gentlemen, for the best offensive rating in NBA history. I believe it's at 118 right now and have a three game lead for the three seed. This is a team with the longest playoff drought in NBA history and I dare you first of all I just named two players on this Kings team I dare you to name another not named Lowry Markinen. and I dare you to tell me who the coach of this team is I freaking dare you bet you can't do it I know who it is I'm not telling you go look it up okay so the Hawks are in agreement Quinn Snyder is their new head coach and he is jumping in immediately a little bit unconventional you don't necessarily always see that um where they go hire a coach mid-season and he jumps in right away usually you have an interim coach for the rest of the season then you get somebody in the offseason but they like Quinn Snyder enough they're bringing him in immediately it's a five-year deal and um if you don't know who Quinn Snyder is he spent the better part of the last decade or so coaching the Utah Jazz. He's been there since 2014. And then he, uh, well, he he just basically like quit or resigned um, ahead of this past season, I guess, because they were going to blow everything up and they were basically going into a rebuild essentially. And some rebuild it's been because they should not be in the position that they're in as of right now. And Coincident, you know shockingly enough they are in the play-in as of right now they're sitting at the nine spot uh 31 and 32 same record as the pelicans who are in the 10 spot so it's just been a remarkable job that they've done danny ainge and whatnot the the amount of picks they've been able to amass the rudy gobert deals and just everything they've done it's it's been incredible but yes snyder's no joke um Like I said, he's been coaching in Utah. He coached Utah since 2014. He reached the playoffs in his last six years, and he had an overall record of 372 and 264, so impressive stuff there. Okay, the Celtics and Sixers game had an incredible finish on Saturday night. The Celtics and Sixers were tied at 117 apiece. In the final seconds, when this happened, inbound to Smart. Bounce past Tatum. Tatum puts up a three. Bang! Jason Tatum. For- Okay, so, sorry, I got the score wrong. 110 to 107 was the final, so Tatum hit the three with, like, 1.3 left, and it, it made it 110 to 107. They inbounded it to Joel Embiid. I didn't even know this happened before I watched the clip, so I already see him dribble the ball, and he was taking too long, but he gets off a full-court heave, makes it, but it was after the buzzer went off, so... Too bad. So sad. Sixers lose. Um, The East is stacked. I I can't see. I mean, the West is good, too. But all these teams from five on, on down in the West are all, like, 500 or so. So... Um, in my opinion, the East is way better. There might be one team in the West that can beat anybody in the East, but it's looking like it's going to be Boston or Milwaukee taking, taking this thing all the way. I, I'd be very surprised. Well, not very surprised if a team from the West won it because the East is so stacked. These teams are going to have to beat up on each other. But the East is just, I mean, it's a new level between these these couple teams at the top. Just ridiculous. Okay, some other NBA news to share. LeBron James, who said during All-Star break that he was going to do everything he could to play in these last remaining 22, 23 games of the season, not going to happen. He suffered a uh, right foot injury, which will sideline him for basically weeks. I don't know if his regular season's over, but the Lakers' playoff hopes might be over um, although they did win the other night in OKC without Anthony Davis, LeBron, and uh, D'Angelo Russell for what that whatever that's worth. Um, and then LaMelo Ball, he fractured his right ankle against the Pistons. His season is over, and it ends a dreadful one for the Hornets as a whole. I think they have the third or fourth worst record in the NBA this year, just not been good. Okay, Kevin Durant finally made his son's debut. He looked uh, pretty good for the most part. He's been out for over a month. He dropped 23 points in a win over Charlotte. It's going to be interesting to see how this team can gel or if they can gel in time for a playoff push, because if so, they could be scary. I'm not going to count uh, out the the Nuggets or a couple of the other teams at the top, but Suns... Currently sitting in the fourth spot in in the West there. Um, so yeah, keep an eye out for for the Suns down the stretch. Uh last night, Jordan Poole exploded for twenty-two of his 34 points in the third quarter as the Warriors outscored the Clippers 70 to 35 in the second half sounds like the nets in the first half the other night my god um the warriors are up to 5th in the west and which is shocking cuz they're like one game over 500 and they are supposed to be getting steph curry back next week which will give them a huge boost meanwhile for the clippers huh, shouldn't have done it man they are now 0 and 4 since signing russell westbrook he's 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 a cancer i i as good as he is or whatever you want to call him he reminds me so much of Carmelo Anthony. For whatever reason, you just can't win with these guys. I don't get it. And now the Clippers have dropped all the way to 7th in the West. Uh, switching gears, Jake Paul, he fought Tommy Fury in a boxing match on Sunday. Not too shabby for a YouTuber turned boxer. This was his uh, first ever loss. It went the distance and Tommy Fury won Um Two judges uh, scored it in favor of Fury. One judge gave it to Paul. So, yeah, Fury got the win. Sorry, Drake. He lost 400 k betting on Jake Paul. Um, ask this thing maybe a little. I feel like 400 k to someone like Drake is probably like 100 bucks. And for Jake Paul, I think he'll be all right. He might have lost the fight, but he still made $30 million off this fight. Just absolutely ridiculous. Okay, switching gears yet again. Spring training is fully underway. I haven't really watched too much, like most. I'm I'm seeing the clips here and there uh, online, but I'm keep, I'm keeping a very keen eye on these new MLB rule changes. They are here to stay, and this is basically the playground to work out the kinks in spring training, figure out what works, what doesn't, and you know, get through all the pitch clock violations and and, and whatnot. So so far, you had. Manny Machado committing the league's first pitch clock violation. If you had that on your bingo card, congratulations. You are a winner. He started the season down uh, no balls to one strike. 0-1 count on on Friday in a game against the Mariners before even stepping into the box. It's just very weird. Um, then on Saturday... A Braves-Red Sox game, I saw this one. It ended with a pitch clock violation strike three call with the bases loaded and a 3-2 count. In a tie game, the batter was up there. The pitch clock violation was called. He starts running to first base thinking it's on the pitcher and they just got to walk off balk essentially uh, for the win. But no, he was called out because he took too long if you weren't aware under these new rules, yes, hitters can be docked for a violation as well. Um, it's not just for the pitchers. So the hitters have until the clock reaches eight seconds to get set in the box, which I mean, really, if nobody's on base, I think it's 20 seconds for the pitcher. So they have 12 seconds to get ready in the box. If there's somebody on, which in this case there was, I believe it's 15 seconds. So, I mean, you do the math. That's still plenty of time what is that, five seconds? I don't know. I, I'm not really a fan of of all these, these, these new baseball rules, personally. It is speeding up the game. The average game so far through spring training is about two hours and 37 minutes, I think I saw. Um, and better they get these kinks out now than, God forbid, in, like, the World Series. Imagine a World Series game or a playoff game ending on a pitch clock violation or some stupid thing. So, um, yeah, it's it, definitely weird. Okay, speaking of Manny Machado, who I just mentioned, he just agreed to an 11-year, $350 million contract extension with the San Diego Padres. Oh, my God. Um, So if you're scratching your head like I was saying, hold on, wait a minute. I thought Machado already signed a a $300 million deal. Well, you would be correct. So as a free agent in... 2019, I believe it was, he signed with the Padres for 10 years and $300 million. That contract, however, had a player option for this winter, and Machado made it clear he intended to use it. Well, San Diego is all in right now. They didn't seem to care. They paid him, and they extended him. So he's now signed through 2034. If you're doing the math, that would make him 41 years old. This stuff never works out. Machado will not be in a Padre uniform, possibly won't even be in the league when he's, you know, in 2034, but, but he finished second in NL MVP voting a season ago, and I believe Goldschmidt won it, and he helped the Padres get all the way to the NLCS. Would they make it six games against the Phillies before uh, losing that series? And they did it all without Fernando Tatis Jr. Oh, and by the way, they signed... They signed Xander Bogarts in the offseason, Joe Musgrove to an extension. They're all in. They've given over $1 billion in contracts this offseason. That's a billion dollars. Oh, my God. And it's exactly why... MLB wants a salary cap in baseball which it's going to be tough to ever get one there. Um speaking of Joe Musgrove, one of those guys I just mentioned, I just can't believe um saying these words, but it is true. On Monday during a workout, he broke his big toe by dropping a kettlebell on his foot. He fractured his big toe. He will be out uh, I, he, I assume it's going to be longer, but they're saying two weeks before he can start throwing again. And that's, pro, I mean, minimum, just light throwing, minimal stuff. Um, he's probably not going to be ready for opening day at this point. So something to keep an eye on um, for you Padres fans out there. Switching things up again, it looks like Jeff Bezos is being blackballed out of buying the Washington uh, commanders, Redskins, whatever. So here's the deal. Bezos owns the Washington Post. So they're the ones that went public with this series of stories documenting the sexual harassment within the organization, within the commanders organization owner Daniel Snyder, um, which built up all this pressure from the league on uh, for Snyder to sell the team. There's all sorts of stuff going on in Washington with this team. Uh, Then there's this thing where there's two other owners besides Snyder, minority owners, and apparently he didn't get their approval for this $55 million Bank of America loan. Like, there's just so many layers to this whole thing. Now he's trying to say he's not going to sell the team. There's just so much going on there. Um, But they did have a first round of bidding closed recently. None of the offers came in over six billion dollars they were all under six billion dollars i mean if you want the most money yeah bezos has got it but it doesn't look like they're gonna let him um buy the team or yeah i don't know we'll see uh speaking of the commanders so they released just again bad press on top of bad press they released carson wentz this week I mean, what has happened since twenty seventeen with Carson Wentz these last five years? Remember in 2017, they were like fourteen and two or something. He was leading them toward, you know, towards the the number one seed in the NFC. He was gonna win MVP. And then what, he like broke his back or something? Um, and he watched from the sidelines as Nick Foles, his backup, won a Super Bowl over the Patriots, caught a touchdown pass on a Philly special. And since then it's basically been um just team after team after team 3 straight years a team has now cut him. Uh just ridiculous. And if that wasn't enough, sorry Washington, just some more bad press. The NFLPA released uh results of some league-wide survey uh, on every franchise. So I guess this they they polled players anonymously wh- who gave feedback on like eight different categories for each team, so that we're talking like um, f- families, nutrition, facilities, just all that type of stuff that you would basically grade a uh, grade a team on. The Vikings were the number one overall. Uh, then you had the Dolphins and Raiders coming in at two and three respectively. The bottom three: Commanders, Cardinals, Chargers. Commanders by far the worst. Uh they received an F minus for Teams training room, travel accommodations, and locker room. Uh the Jets received a C plus and the Giants a B plus for you uh local teams there for our local teams. Um and you could see the full list at NFLPA.com or just Google it or whatever. Uh, it, it's interesting. I don't even know what an F minus is. We're talking I mean this is a tough survey because I'm sure there's disgruntled um, you know, former players of teams that who knows? I mean, Tyrod Taylor. You think he's going to give the Chargers a good grade when they that freaking doctor punctured his lung? Uh, I mean, and he lost his starting job. So interesting. I saw like the Bengals got an F. There's some weird ones in there. So it's definitely worth checking out for sure. Okay. and other news, I I, I met. I was going. I had this queued up and ready to go for last week's episode in talking about this this um athletic story about Russell Wilson in the end uh, of his tenure with the Seattle Seahawks. Apparently, he went to the uh, team ownership with the Seahawks, demanding that Pete Carroll and GM John Snyder be fired. Um, Of course, he refused to comment for the story. He later tweeted a denial. So NFL Combine's going on this week. So Pete Carroll spoke at the Combine, and he basically said a whole lot without saying very much. Um, He said he will always hang with his current and former players, blah, blah, blah. He's never going to leave them, will be there for them through the good and the bad. What you didn't hear him say was that this story is not true. It's a complete fabrication. That's not the case. No, he did not deny it. So we know it happened clearly. Uh, John Schneider, same thing. He was pretty moot on the subject as well, and all he said was, "Oh, it's water under the bridge." So it it's obvious that this was this was something that happened, and it looks like Russell Wilson is the diva we all have come to to realize that he is uh, since he came over to Denver, and all the reports have have come out. On a more serious note, um, a possible number one overall prospect. Jalen Carter, the defensive lineman from Georgia, has been arrested. Um this uh, this is just just awful. Okay, so listen, he's been charged with two misdemeanor counts of reckless driving and racing. This stems from his role. In uh back in January when Georgia won the national championship, they had the parade and everything. And I don't know if it was that night or whatever, they were clearly drinking. It was like two in the morning, and teammate Devin Willock and recruiting staffer Chandler Leroy were killed in a collision. Um in, in which I'm referencing here. So what turns what it how what it turns out to be is that, and I think uh uh Jaylen Carter lied and he wasn't forthcoming in the investigation and cuz he was probably scared shitless he's a 20 22 year old kid and he made a grave mistake uh, it, it, it listen it happens it was tragic um I guarantee you he learned h- his lesson from this for sure um it's going to it's definitely going to affect his draft stock he's going to have to answer for this um And it's just, it's terrible. So basically they decided to, they were basically drunk. I think that blood alcohol was more than double the legal limit. And so they were drinking. He got behind the wheel of his car, a vehicle, and the other two that were killed were in another vehicle. And they decided to race. And they came around a bend going probably like 100 miles an hour. And it was a violent crash in which they were thrown from the vehicle and probably uh grew, you know violently and, and um just morbidly uh, killed you hope they didn't feel anything but it's just it was it's just not good and this a couple days you know after winning a national championship it's just so tragic so yeah something to definitely keep an eye on um is his his draft stock and what's going to happen with him if he even does get drafted or not sorry about that my watch hit that okay so where we at here okay um switching gears away from football antoine davis the detroit mercy sharp shooter all indicators pointed towards him breaking Pete Maravich's NCAA all-time scoring record, but guess what? Last night in the Horizon League tournament against Youngstown State, he came up three points shy of the record. Granted, he had done this in like a, a crap ton more games than Maravich did it. Maravich averaged like over, what, 44 points a game? and co- I mean, just nobody will ever do what he did. Um, Anyway... Yeah, comes up three points shy. In the closing seconds, they were down by a bunch. He he had a shot at a three to tie the record, but he bricked it. And uh yeah, he'll forever be known as the guy that came up three points short. I don't know if he's an NBA prospect or not. I know he went to Detroit Mercy because his dad's the coach there. Um, but he 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 shoots the ball like eighty-five percent of his of his field goal attempts are are jump shots. And he's only 6'1", so I don't know if he's even going to get a look in the draft. Um, Oh, wow. Mikael Bridges has... Holy crap. The Nets are up nine points on the... uh, Holy crap. Nets are up uh, seven points. Minute 21 left in the third. Bridges has 31 points. He's now got three 30-point games as a net. 30-plus-point games as a net. And he only had one as a uh as a son so that's interesting there okay uh let's move on John Bones Jones is back tomorrow night we get the big one um UFC what is it UFC 285 Cyril Gain is is uh gonna be fighting John Bones Jones so Jones is coming off a three-year hiatus. 26 and 1 record. He's arguably the greatest MMA fighter of all time. Um, and he's fighting Cyril Gain, who's 11 and 1, who is also no joke, the Frenchman. I don't know. He hasn't fought that much. I mean, only 12 fights to bone jones is you know 27 so i think that gives john a a a big leg up i I would of course never bet against him he's like the tom brady of mma he's like the goat so um it's interesting though because i think he went up in weight class gained 43 pounds for this fight so it's going to be very interesting to see um for sure so here we go what do we got this weekend okay um, Saturday Night Live, Travis Kelsey is hosting it this week. You've got, um, obviously going on right now, you've got the Nets and the Celtics. That's on ESPN. You've got the Phoenix uh Suns. I believe this is Durant's second game. They're at Chicago. That game started at 8 o'clock, and that's on NBA TV. You've got Memphis and Denver. Could that be a possible Western Conference, excuse me, Western Conference Finals matchup. That game's at 10 on ESPN. Um, College basketball. I mean, there's a full slate uh, of conference tournaments starting up and getting underway. There's games throughout the weekend. I'm not going to get into those. You've got XFL. I really, I have to admit, I haven't really watched it. There's just been too much college football going on. I mean, college basketball and other stuff that I just... Haven't uh, I feel bad that I haven't been able to watch it, but I do know Ben DiNucci, former Cowboys, leading the league in passing. There you go. So Saturday, you've got Seattle at Las Vegas. Uh, that's on FX at 7 p.m. Sunday, you've got three games. Uh, St. Louis at D.C. That's at 1 p.m. on FX. I believe D.C. is a big betting favorite this weekend um, with the public just in a general as a bet. Uh, that people are liking for 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 sports weekend um so, uh you've got Orlando at uh Arlington is that who it is Arlington um okay that's on FX at 4 p.m Sunday at 8 p.m you've got San Antonio at Houston what's ARL now I'm confused um what is that are there, there's not hold on. Let's look up this XFL schedule because I'm confused by what that abbreviation is Hold on a second. okay and then of course we've got UFC 285 that's kicks off Saturday 10 p.m pay-per-view uh of course Bones Jones and and Gain won't fight for a while. that'll probably be closer to midnight. okay um let's see. Are we we on week – yeah, we're at week three now. Okay, so Sunday we've got – yeah, Arlington. Okay, it's the Arlington Renegades. They changed a couple of these teams from the last iteration. I can't keep track. So it is the Arlington Renegades, and uh, they're facing the Orlando Guardians at 4 p.m. there. Okay, so that pretty much wraps it up. Final segment on this Dayton Sports. As always, it's a pretty good one. March third, 2012, Syracuse tops—excuse me, Syracuse tops 30 wins for the first time in Jim Boeheim's 36 years uh, coaching. They were 30 and one at that point. Um, they beat uh, number 19 Louisville, 58 to 49, to tie the Big East record for victories. They, they went 17 and one in the conference matching Connecticut's uh UConn, 17 conference wins which was accomplished in the 95-96 season and they finished the regular season um yeah that okay those 30 wins uh that's yeah they finished the season with those 30 wins 36 years he never topped 30 wins I mean that's a lot uh, 30 and one that's uh, unbelievable and no they did not win the national championship that year they wound up losing in the elite eight to Ohio State, and I believe Kentucky, led by Anthony Davis, went on to win the national championship that year over Kansas, if I'm not mistaken. All right, 35 minutes, not a bad show. That's going to do it. Nets have a five-point lead headed to the fourth. I got to go watch this now. I'll upload this episode. I'll watch the fourth quarter. This is exciting stuff. They'll probably lose, but at least they're showing me some life. They're showing me something here because the freaking Knicks have, uh, have overtaken them in the standings. Everybody's overtaken them in the standings. We've dropped to sixth. We're behind the Knicks now. I mean, Miami's on our coattails. We can't drop into that play-in. Uh, I'm, all right. I got to go watch this fourth quarter. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been fun to be back. You've been listening to The Pody. This was episode 201 of This weekend Sports, and I am signing out. And let's hope by next week maybe... Aaron Rodgers has a come to Jesus moment and says, let's let me go to the Jets. Please, can we get can we get a decision? I just want a quarterback. Please get me a quarterback by next week. I can't take it anymore. Thank you and good night. Pody signing off. Deuces.